1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630
0: Chad. Every empire needs a leader to encourage, energize, and elevate them. We... Our Eskimos Empire. And this is the Eskimos Coaches Show with our leader, Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Here's Morley Scott with Jason Moss on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. All right, good evening again, everybody. 735 on 630 Chad. The start was good, the final result was not. After billing a 2010 halftime lead, the Eskimos lost in Vancouver last Thursday. Final score: 31-23. The win streak is over. Eskimos now five and three, tied with Winnipeg for second place in the West and the overall standings. Next up, the Alouettes on Saturday night, seven o'clock here on the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Five thirty for the pregame show on six thirty. Chid and uh, we say uh, good evening to the coach. Hey, Jason. Hey. Uh, well. Uh, we talked about a post game about what happened in the second half. You've, I'm sure, watched it many times since then. Have you get any more answers to to what got away from you in the second half in Vancouver? It
1: didn't play very well in the third quarter. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we had two possessions on offense. We went over o- and over in o- both of them. Didn't get a first down, and our defense was on the field too long. I mean, and then you know, coming out our. You know, we just didn't play play well. All three phases didn't play up to our ability. Three of the four quarters we did, I thought we mm-hmm. played really good football, and that's what's discouraging and upsetting is that you can play pretty good football for three or four quarters when one quarter you don't play well at all and you feel like you let one get away. So at the end of the day, um, you know, we watch it, we get better uh, and move on. I don't want our guys to dwell on it. I mean, like I said, it's not not that we played horrible football that night. We just chose to all all phases play not great in the third quarter, night, and not that we played ba- terribly bad in the third quarter. We just got outplayed. And, uh, you know, they made the most of their opportunities in that quarter and uh, got the lead back or got tied or whatever it was and then took it over from there, and we didn't have answers.
0: You say you don't want the guys to dwell on it, which is obviously the right way to go. Tell me about your attitude as a, as a coach, maybe compared to a player after a loss. How different do losses go on a coach than they go on a player?
1: Well, first and foremost, you know, as a as a coach, you look at you know the things that you're responsible for. Every coach is responsible for an area, and and I'm no different. I'm responsible for the whole thing. So, you know, I look at every every facet, every facet of the game. Right now, you know, after that game, I wasn't very particularly happy with the way I handled the, the last drive, and, and so I looked at that a lot, and looked at how, how some of the plays I called during the game, and you know, felt that I could have been better, and could have helped our guys more, and I didn't, and so that's the first thing you look at, and the next thing, you look at every everything, you look at every play that was ran in that game, offense, defense, special teams, talk to the coaches, um, analyze it, figure out what we did well, what we didn't do well, but at the end of the day, I'm a positive thinker, I, mm-hmm. I don't like to think about it negative things. I like to understand what happened and what what it wasn't, what we didn't do well, Um, you know so I don't want to be too discouraged and I I watch it and it takes you, I'm glad we had the extra couple days because the first taste of watching it doesn't make you feel all that well but then you watch it and you watch a little bit more and it gives you more hope that you know we are very close to being as good as I think we can be Uh, we just weren't there and, and like I said in one phase of the game or one quarter of the game.
0: Take us behind the curtain a little bit since Thursday night. You get on a plane after the game to come home. Do you start watching the film right away on the plane, or do you try and let it kind of flush a
1: no, little? No, I mean, we get the iPads on the plane, and we we're able. To, I was able to watch pretty much all the offense. I think most of the defense and special teams actually on, on, on our way home um, get up early the next day and was able to watch it all again. And then, you know, like I said, then you start talking to the other coaches and players that come in. Uh, we, I watch it with Mike every day, and Mike Riley, every time he comes in, no matter if he's watched it or not. We always watch it together with with Jordan Maximic my quarterback's coach, and uh, we analyze it again. So by that time, I've watched it two or three times, and then we watch it again with our offense. So every coach does that with their players and, and generally does it as a coordinator with the defense or the special teams. So we've analyzed it to the nth degree and graded it. Um, you know, that's a big part of it too is figuring out how the guys graded out and you know what they did right and wrong and you always want to correct the wrong and give them praise for the good things they did so um and understand that you know football is one of those sports that takes 12 people to do their jobs on every single play and it can have one guy can mess it up and a play doesn't work and it's not that he messes it up every time it just You know that particular play did, and when football comes down to five or six plays in a a game, you know everyone can take their turns, and it doesn't turn out right for you.
0: Watching the film is the phrase football players and coaches use a lot. It's not film anymore, obviously, but uh, it's such a big part of your game. When do you flip the switch from from watching Thursday night's game with the Lions to watching more of of the Alouettes and and getting ready for them? When when does that change?
1: Right away. I mean, the next day, (laughs) Friday morning, I watched as long as I could watch those three. Phases of our game. Offense, defense, special teams. Uh, pretty much after we put it to bed with the players, I've moved on. I'm ready to go and, and work on Montreal. And, you know, we had a short week for the following week for Hamilton, so we had to spend a, a half a day doing that, you know, just to look ahead because we don't have any time the next week. So, you know, but most of my day Friday was spent on Montreal all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and all day today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's what you, your life as a coach is spent watching and analyzing film, discussing tech, uh schematics with your coaches, figuring out game plans and wanting to give your guys the best opportunity to win a game, best opportunity to play well in a game.
0: Uh, from the yellowettes perspective, watching their film, uh, do, I guess from a defensive side, you can only really watch the last couple of games, right? Because they've made so many changes offensively. Uh, have they made many changes on defense from when you played them a month ago?
1: No, not really. I mean, Stubler's Stubler, so he plays his defense the way he plays it. Um, they have good players. I know last game they had, you know, Tommy Campbell sat out, so they had to change some people and played a man short and all those things. So there was different personnel groupings, people in there. And from the last time we played them, um, Mitchell White's out, So, you know, there's some different guys in the mix in their secondary. You know, obviously, right before we uh, played them, a couple other players weren't playing. So, you know, the scheme's a scheme. It's just we're going to face different players here and there. So, obviously, the technique they use is taught one way, but every player has his own uh, feel for the game and and own weaknesses or strengths. And so you look at that more than you look at anything.
0: Uh, Going back to Thursday, penalties. Um, You're probably tired of talking about it. I'll What's, say this what?
1: about penalties, and I'll say this about discipline. I haven't done a good enough job since I've been here, and that's very evident because we have been one of the worst teams in the league at penalties since I've been here. We've gotten better in stretches of the season, but not quite good enough. So it's my fault. And I'm going to take the blame. And I can tell you from this day forward, things are changing in our, in, our, in our organization. So you know, it starts with me. The way I approach the game, the way I am, is going to change. And I'm going to make sure that I change so that when I look at players and I talk about discipline, they understand that's everybody. And it starts with me as the head coach. So it's not on my players. It's on me. I need to be better. And I will. I have belief that we will get better because of the changes we're going to implement so we're going to start practicing a little bit more we're going to uh start kicking guys out of practice for messing up we're going to start taking game time away from guys that continue to make penalties and they understand it they know it um it's about holding ourselves accountable and it's gotten to the point where we can't tolerate it anymore so it will stop and uh and if not we'll find other people that can do it and you know at the end of the day you know that may sound harsh but When you look at football and you look at discipline you look at different things, we're a good football team. We can overcome a lot of things. We've overcome a turnover deficiency in a game and won a game. We've overcome deficits in games and won. We've overcome having 17 penalties when the other team had eight and won a game. But when you play football, you just make it a whole lot harder to win when you continue to be undisciplined. And I mean out of the fourteen penalties, there's seven undisciplined penalties. There's seven penalties that are judgmental by the referees. We need to use better technique and we need to, you know, get better at those things. The seven that are disciplined, the offsides, the procedure, all those things have to stop because that's half of our penalties right now. We have thirty five plays on thirty five penalties on offense and there's a quite a few of those that are procedure penalties. So it has to stop on on defense, you know, we jump off sides. That's been our Achilles Hill since I've been here, and we need to be better at it. So if we can do that and stop hurting ourselves and we'll give ourselves a better opportunity to win every game that we play, not not just make it harder on ourselves.
0: yeah, that's that's the thing you're you're winning sometimes in spite of taking we've off won a problems. lot of games since I've been yeah. here,
1: and I haven't again, I haven't done a good enough job despite all of it. we've won a lot of games here, but I know this if i we want to win a championship here, this has to stop. We have to get better. And again, it starts with me. I've put my foot down. I've I've looked myself in the mirror and said, I'm not I haven't been good enough. I haven't been good enough on the field with it. I haven't been good enough with my attitude at times. There's things that I need to change and I'm gonna and it's gonna reflect more on our team. And I've realized it and and it's one of those things that you know when you win games, not that they get swept under the rug, it's just hey, this is our way of doing it, this is the way we do things around here. But when you have to absolutely look at everything and it just isn't getting any better, this is the final straw. And so, you know, we're going to change and we're going to get better. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I think our hearts are in the right place. Our minds in the right place. We work extremely hard every single day on it. And we're just going to amp it up a little bit and, and get better.
0: Uh, your your record's 5-3. and three, Would it be better if you were a better penalty team, do you think? Or... Can you can you forensically examine games I mean, and say
1: penalties cost us? You would assume so. I mean, I can tell you this much. In the third quarter of this last game, when I talk about us not being disciplined, we, on the offense, our first series, we're second and five, and we have an offside that puts us back to second and ten, and we're inches away from hitting a big ball. But we were not probably having to throw that ball if it's second and five. It's second and ten. We're having to push the ball downfield a little bit more, so that happens. On defense, I know for a fact, on one of the series, we were, had them at second and 10 out of field goal range. We take an offsides. They get to second and five. They kick a 53-yard field goal and tie it up 20-20. to 20. So if they stay there and that one play we were offsides, it didn't. It wasn't that we were offsides and we affected the play. In fact, it hurt us. It hurt our pass rush because we stopped playing. And they threw a ball incomplete. Second and third and 10, you're off the field. They're punting the ball. And it's a twenty seventeen game. And when you're talking about close games at the end of the season or end of games, and it's a instead of being an eight point game, it's a five point game, that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that those if I just said those two plays, you don't know what our drive would have been if it's second and five would convert. We would have held the ball longer, maybe we score on that drive, and I sure as hell know that we would they would have been off the field on the other one. So when you look at it, say yeah. We probably have lost games since I've been here. And I know for a fact in previous years we've done similar things at the end of games where a ball is incomplete on a two-point conversion and we jumped offsides. It was incomplete, didn't affect the play at all. We were offsides. They got the ball back, converted the the two-point conversion, beat us in overtime. There's games like that. So, again, it's not from a lack of trying or lack of trying different things or lack of looking at yourself. It's saying, what haven't we done yet? And – We're getting there. So, you know, I like to think that we figure it out, we're going to be a whole hell of a lot better and win the games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, Go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price,
1: Priceline. We should.
0: All right. Uh, he's Jason Moss. I'm Morley Scott. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show for Missioner Allen Auctioneering on six thirty. Chad. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley, brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price on Eskimos Radio six thirty. Chad. Uh, we're back on the Eskimos' coaches show with uh, head coach uh, Jason Moss. The Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes uh, coming up on Saturday night, uh, five thirty for the pregame show, six o'clock, uh, seven o'clock for the kickoff on the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, coach, I want to talk about some some good things uh, from the football game on Thursday, and there were a lot of them, as you, as you mentioned before the break. Uh, first off, uh, the the fake field goal. Uh, are you guys? That's the second time you've done something like that this year. Are you, did, are you coaching more aggressively in that kind of situation?
1: Well, I think we work on it a lot, we work on different things every. Week, um, you know, and we haven't used as many as as we practice. I can assure you that much. But at the end of the day, when it's the right situation and and we feel that there there's things there that can help us, we're always going to look to it. And I've I know it how it affects our football team our special teams guys work extremely hard the coaches the players they love that kind of stuff so you know whether we do it more or we have done it more this year or not it's definitely a concerted effort to to analyze and to think about you know what what times are best to do it um and i feel like we've we've been successful because we've been trying them more
0: that's kind of the fine line right you got to decide is now the time uh, because you don't know if you're going to get another chance. You don't know. You know, it's in your bag of tricks. And when, when you pull it out, it's got to be the tough decision.
1: Yeah, I've always, you know, I, I grew up and kind of grew in, up in this game under Scott Milanovic's tutelage. And, you know, I can always, it reverberates back in my mind all the time when he says, when you have a quarterback like Ricky Ray, you don't try. You just want to get the ball back to your offense. You don't want to try to do too many things. Crazy. And you know, I feel the same about Mike. But at the end of the day, I also know I've watched other teams in this league um, that do do those things and do it well. And I watch our practices, and I I know when we prepare for something, why it's being prepared for, and that there is an opportunity. But you're right. I mean, it takes the right opportunity and the right yeah. time to make it happen because it can go the other way as well. And you know, I think that's always in the back of your mind as a head coach, but you. You got to feel confident when you call it, and then live with the consequence of it, whether it's good or bad. A,
0: a goal-mouth stand like you had a couple of weeks ago, a trick a play on a field goal, a short kick, whatever it is, when you surprise people in Mexico, there doesn't seem to be much more in the game that really energizes everybody, whether that's your side of the ball or not. It just seems to energize everybody, whether it's the you know the fans, whatever. It's just a, just a great hit for the football game.
1: No, it was great. I mean, like I said, in that that play, um, Danny threw a great ball, Mondo caught it, and you know, anytime you know your backup quarterbacks throw. Balls, people get excited. You're, you're one of your defensive <laughs> stalwarts, catch a ball, everyone gets excited. And then obviously it takes 12 people to execute that and coaches to execute it. They know how much time and effort went into planning for that and to see it work. Like it's coached to be work, um, it definitely m- makes it exciting. And obviously, when you get another extra possession and those kinds of things work, absolutely, it gives you a lift. And uh, it was definitely a-, a great play in the game.
0: And if it doesn't work, it's kind of deflating. And you never, if you don't execute it, you know, you probably don't get to try it again, right?
1: Well, yeah, and that's exactly right. And, you know, we like to think that our team is built on character and built on um, adverse dealing with adversity well. So it's not an excuse, hey, that didn't work, and now, okay, we just give up. Up and let them score usually that also turns up your defense too and our defenses are playing extremely well so when your defense is playing as well as our defense is playing it's, you're able to take chances uh, in in that respect more because you don't feel like the other team's gonna go down and score on you anyway so you know that that lends yourself to being able to be more aggressive on special teams Yeah, well.
0: you added some healthy players to the lineup last week and I know we talked I think we talked last week and we talked to some guys during the week about how tough it is to to, to add new players to a team that's winning and playing well, but uh, Mike Moore comes in and, and gets a sack. Jamil Smith was, was pretty effective, especially on kickoff return, so it's nice to, to add those guys and they make you better.
1: No question, and I mean, they are both. They were both starters for us. They're both the guys that we envisioned coming out of training camp playing with and playing a lot of football with and winning a lot of games with, so anytime you get players like that back, it's, it's never hard to go back to those guys. Uh, it's disappointing for the other players that are left off the roster because of those guys, but at the same breath, it's great because they've gotten the experience. They understand that these guys are high-caliber players that are replaced, being replaced by, um, and they were starters. And, and the way our philosophy works on our team is you don't lose your job to injury. So at some point you're going to get that job back, but you have to be 100%, and you've got to be willing to be or able to be relied upon. Um, so you know, at the end of the day, it's a great thing to get guys like that back and, and again, it strengthens your whole football team when other guys have to step in and play for them.
0: Nate got his first touchdown uh, pass. Um, he just seems to be a guy who's becoming just more more into the offense and more dependable week after week.
1: Yeah, he's been great. Like I said, we always, um, you know, we feature him a little bit more week, week, week in and week out now, giving him a little bit more responsibility. He's done extremely well with it. Um, again, he's one of those guys that just knows our offense. He, we can put, put him and plug him in at just about every position. So he's do, done his job. He's done a lot of hard work in the off season. During training camp, during um, this season, still with you know our quarterbacks, he's always working with them after practice with Zach and catching balls, and he's he's a he's a true pro. And like I said, we've been very excited about his progress so far. Is it important for you as a coach to to reward
0: those guys and and to give them that opportunity because everybody notices that right? He knows how hard
1: he's been working, and and the coach gave him a chance. Well, I can tell you this much: the my philosophy, and I think our philosophy as an organization is, if you're on our roster. And I say it at the beginning of the year, it's going to take everybody in our locker room to win a great cup or win games. So if you're here, there's a good chance you're going to be relied upon to win games. And these are the guys we're going with. When we call people back, it's for a reason. It's, we didn't want to let you go. It's just numbers. But we, we believe in people that have worked for us or played for us. Um, and then I think getting people involved offensively for myself just, you know, as a scheme person and a guy that's a coordinator, I like to get everyone involved. I mean, I don't get everyone involved the same, but I try to get everyone a package or get everyone involved somehow, some way in the game, so they feel a part of it, because it's there's nothing worse than sitting on the, There's a couple of guys that do sit on the sidelines every single game. It's a backup quarterback and a third-string quarterback, and they're one play away from having to play, and they understand their role. But everybody else, I would love to get everybody else in and play a little bit because you feel a part of it. You've worked hard all week, and we can play and win with those guys. Do you believe in what they call trap games? No, I. I mean, I think I. Do, I don't necessarily. I understand that you know when a team doesn't have a good record, they're not playing well. There's a t- tendency to overlook people, but I just feel like if you're if you're a pro and, and you're consistent with how you go about your workday, you don't have time for that. And be, if you lose to a team that's. Maybe you shouldn't lose to. Prognosticators don't believe you shouldn't lose to them. It's generally for reasons. There's, there's reasons throughout the course of a game. And I always say we, we coach against professional coaches, coach against professional players, go up against them. There's no easy wins in this league, I can assure you. Watching how we have to prepare, watching how our players have to work, and what we do on the football field is tough and difficult. It's not an easy task no matter who you're playing. I think all of us understand that so you know it's it's a great reward when you win a football game and you know we will never take anybody lightly as long as i'm here and we will always work and work on our stuff daily and believe in what we do and believe that it works and what works well for us is playing together working hard playing fast and physical that's what our motto is that's what we try to strive for and every day we bring it whether it's in a meeting or a practice will we get beat occasionally But it's not from a lack of effort, I can assure you, or a lack of dedication. That will never be challenged in this locker room or in this organization as long as I'm here.
0: Great stuff. Jason, as always, thanks for your time tonight. I appreciate it. It It's good stuff. No problem. That is uh, Eskimos head coach uh, Jason Moss on the coach's show for Mentioner Allen Auctioneering. Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes uh, Saturday on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. It's a 5.30 pregame show, 7 o'clock for the kickoff. My name is Morley Scott. Thanks for spending the evening with me. We'll talk to you later.